According to a Global Impact Investing Network and Dahlberg report in 2019, impact investments in Nigeria amounted to a total of 1.43 trillion naira or $4.7 billion in transactions, making Nigeria the largest recipient of impact investments in West Africa. Energy, agriculture, technology, and financial services were industries with the biggest recipients of investments. Impact investing presents a huge opportunity to bridge the financial inclusion gap in Nigeria. Tune in to a one-of-a-kind radio show that will unlock Nigeria's impact investment potential with the aim to build public awareness and promote impact investing and financial inclusion in Nigeria. Anchored by Leila Balde. Every Wednesday at 11.30 to 12 noon. On your number one news, talk and sports station, 99.3 Nigeria Info. Join Business Day Media in partnership with the Ford Foundation and the Impact Investors Foundation of Nigeria. Founded by Nigeria Capital Alliance, the Bank of Industry, Ford Foundation, Business Day Media and Dalberg Advisors. Impact Investing Today. In the studio, we have a very special guest, Roy Swan, who is a director of mission investments at the Ford Foundation. Um, he leads the investments team managing Ford portfolio of mission-related investments, otherwise known as MRIs, and program-related investments, otherwise known as um, PRIs. Um, and you're also working to expand and strengthen the impact investing fields. Um, so welcome to Nigeria um, and welcome to the show. It's really a pleasure to have you here on the show. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So you said it's not your first time in Nigeria. You've been Second here Second time in Nigeria. I was here last year in September when this uh, the conference was held and hope to come many more times. Good. Well, we look forward to having you many more times again. Um, so we want to talk to you a little bit about impact investing. Um, in 2017, the Ford Foundation committed $1 billion endowment fund to mission-related investments. Um, can you describe what a mission-related investment is? Sure. So a mission-related investment is a technical term under the Internal Revenue Service of, uh, of the U.S. And what it means is that an investment made by a foundation uh, is within that foundation's mission. And the reason why that's relevant is because there was language that was uh, published by the IRS during the Obama administration that made it clear that foundations could make investments out of, an ende- out of its endowment um, that would fall within fiduciary rules and prudential rules as long as they were in line with the foundation's mission. So it's a really meaningful term for us. Okay, so it's a meaningful and very technical um, term. That's Okay, um, so can you tell us a little bit about why impact investing is of interest um, to the Ford Foundation? Can you speak to that a little bit? Yes, so U.S. foundations um, have a set of, of rules that say that you have to spend 5% of your endowment each year uh, towards your mission. And that 5% became a figure that people started to ask the question, is 5% enough? What about the other 95%? And Darren Walker, who's the president of the Ford Foundation, started asking that question about the Ford Foundation specifically. So after about a year, year and a half of study, following that announcement during the Obama administration about mission-related investments and the safe harbor that created for foundations, uh, we created the mission-related investments carve-out from our, from our endowment, which allows us to dedicate more of our capital 
towards our mission, which is, you know, we're a social justice foundation dedicated to addressing the root causes and consequences of inequality in all its forms. And we're able to use our carve-out, that $1 billion, which we'll invest over, over 10 years, um, to deliver both financial returns and positive social returns. Right. So speaking of social returns, um, a lot of people, I think, get confused by the term impact investing. Um, so what differentiates impact investing from other social investments out there? Yeah, so impact investing, um, the definition is sort of like snowflakes. You know, they say that there are no two snowflakes. Yes. <laughs> and no two, very few people have the same idea. Of what it actually is. What in, impact investing really is. For us, we think of impact investing as, as an action term. And so what does that mean? For, for the Ford Foundation, impact investing for us, at the moment at least, is all private equity. And the reason why private equity, as opposed to public markets, so private market first, because typically the nature of private markets is investments include a form of governance control that can drive behavior. And so we invest through private equity funds with private equity fund managers who take a very active role in the in their portfolio companies. And so therefore they're able to drive behavior. So we see that as driving impact, actually causing impact or preserving impact. Others may see it differently. There are some who uh, might consider uh, impact investing to be um, values aligned public markets investment. And that's okay because if your intentions are positive or, or good for society, we think that's fine. Um, we've decided to go with a very action-oriented approach, which we believe we can accomplish through private equity investments. Yes, and intentionality is huge when it comes to impact investing. Um, so I'm glad that you mentioned that word. Um, can you talk to us about the kind of sectors that you're investing in and why? Yeah, so let's focus on uh, our, our two um, broad categories of markets. So we have the U.S. and then the Global South, uh, and that includes uh, Africa. So for the Global South, um, our initial mandate was financial inclusion. And for us, financial inclusion is primarily uh, fintech. Um, that is companies that help lower the costs of, of product distribution, access to, uh, access to finance, help increase uh, uh, lower income people ability to take advantage of some of the conveniences of the financial service. That could be everything from payment systems, uh, savings products, it could be insurance policies, healthcare payment systems, etc. What we're doing also is we're looking at, well, what else does Sub-Saharan Africa or what else does Nigeria need? Um, what are some areas that are investable categories? And by investable, what that means is, um, let's say you pick education as an area that could deliver um, appropriate financial returns and strong so, uh, social returns. Well, is there a private equity market that has institutional quality management where we could allocate our capital. That's what we mean by investable. So what we're looking at is where are areas of, of, of need? What, what are some problems that can be solved by the application of capital that uh, where that capital can receive appropriate financial returns and, and drive strong social returns um, that uh, uh, and, and that combination of factors 
will make it a category that where we could actually allocate our capital. So we're undertaking a study now, not sure when we'll be finished, but we're looking at how we could potentially expand beyond financial inclusion. I mean, I'm sure you know, um, specifically in Nigeria, 50% of the population is living under the famous $1 a day. Um, in your view, you know, how can impact investing begin to bridge the financial inclusion gap? I mean, you alluded, it, alluded to it um, in the previous question, but can you be a bit more specific as to how impact investing can bridge uh, the poverty gap and the financial inclusion gap, specifically in Nigeria? A part of what impact investing can do is provide new capital right. to new enterprises, could be growth capital. And with growth capital comes employment opportunities. So there are both direct and indirect um, benefits that could come from capital delivered with the intention to drive positive social impact. So if we're talking about um, uh, providing jobs, then you're talking about the opportunity to lift income levels. So there are many um, knock-on effects of bringing new capital into areas. And sometimes bringing new capital or bringing new attention to areas can have a snowball effect. So um, our capital could be seen as uh, catalytic capital. In fact, our PRI capital is specifically catalytic uh, capital, where we can invest in areas where there may be unproven uh, markets, where uh, we know that our capital uh, might be first loss capital, but it could be capital that could help other investors feel more comfortable uh, following uh, or joining together with us. So there's lots of different ways that impact investing um, uh, can help um, improve people's lives. Um, one of the one of the things that um, is big when it comes to impact investing is impact measurement. I mean, it's a hot topic everywhere. People are always asking, how do you measure impact? Um, so in your view, how is impact investment um, effectively measured? How does one begin to measure impact? On that topic, we have taken a less prescriptive approach, okay. a more action-oriented approach. What I mean by that is we could spend a lot of time perfecting a measurement model, which would include understanding with some level of perfection what we should measure, how we measure it, etc. Instead, we've decided to find areas of need, deploy capital, and take a, a, a admittedly simple, more simplistic approach than we could. So for example, in affordable housing, our lead measure is units preserved or created. There are lots of other potential measurements you could have, and some may say, let's build our big measurement tool before we start deploying capital. Our approach is, let's deploy capital. We know that there's a massive shortage in the U.S. of affordable housing, 7.5 million units, growing by 100,000 units per year. Um, And so our approach is, let's let's get started. We'll observe our progress and we'll refine along the way. So we haven't spent a lot of time trying to perfect an impact measurement model. We have some fairly high level uh, uh, methods we have, primarily driven by the fund managers in, which, uh, in whose funds we invest. We will ask them as experts, what do you think is important to be measured? Tell us how you got to your metrics. And we'll ask them to deliver 
the information and deliver on the metrics. And we'll learn as we go and we'll share as we learn. Um, so out of the $1 billion endowment fund, can you talk about how much of that is allocated to the African continent and most specifically Nigeria? So in, 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 this, in this emerging strategy, we again, we haven't become prescriptive. Right. So we have to figure out what opportunities might exist. Okay. And so therefore we have no specific allocation amount targets. What we hope to do is have a fairly balanced portfolio of U.S. and Global South investments. We will find along the way where the most investable opportunities are. There are some regions that may have more investable opportunities. For those regions that have less, a part of what we might do is try to help stimulate activity that would make those regions more investable. So we don't see ourselves as just a passive investor. We actually uh, try to roll up our sleeves and get involved and help stimulate some of the activity that can generate forward momentum. Um, and why would you? Why why do you say that the, it's mostly the global north investors that dominates the impact investment space? I don't know why that is, but I can tell you the advantage of there are advantages to being a second mover. And that is you can learn the from the mistakes of the first mover. So I would focus more on what can be learned by any, you know, participants anywhere uh, who've kind of gone through the path before you. And you can look at whatever templates may have worked, may not have worked, and you can cherry pick the best of the best practices. So I think it's a tremendous opportunity to be a, a second mover. Um, and also just like looking at the entire impact investing ecosystem, what would you say are the biggest challenges um, within, I know it's a large ecosystem, but if you could speak to the biggest challenges that people face within that ecosystem, what would they be? Well, I think you mentioned it earlier on when you talked about the, uh, the fact that impact investing can mean different things to different people. Right. At the moment, unfortunately, we have a bit of cognitive bias where when people you can't even finish the term impact investing. When you hear, when some people hear the word impact, they think lower returns. Right. And there's a spectrum. Uh -huh. And one of the things we have to figure out is how do we reduce that cognitive bias so that people actually listen to the whole story to figure out, is this an opportunity that fits with my risk appetite, my right. return appetite? And if not, do I know people for whom this opportunity might fit? And can I at least ask the question, well, I'm interested in generating positive impact, but I also have a, a hurdle rate for returns. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? Exactly. Yeah. And that's so we have a hurdle rate, um, which is, um, you know, our board of trustees has really um, shown their trust in us by not enforcing a hurdle rate. Okay. But we as commercial actors, I, I refer to our team as uh, uh, mission-oriented and commercially savvy. So what that means is we know that in order for the Ford Foundation to have a sustainable investment strategy, yes. we have to look sort of like what our endowment looks like. And our endowment has a hurdle rate. It's defined as our spending. So in the U.S., private foundations have to spend at least 5% of their endowment every year. And if you want to be a perpetual foundation, that is, if you want to live forever, like the Ford Foundation does, then you have to achieve inflation rates. So for us in the U.S., 
The Ford Foundation spends about 5.7% of its endowment. Inflation's roughly 1.6%. So that means 7% plus is what our portfolio needs to be sustainable. And we want to be a, we'd love to be a role model. We'd love to show that you can sustainably deploy capital that delivers both financial returns and positive social returns and you can fit within the foundation model. So I think within impact investing, we have to have a an understanding of risk appetite, return needs, and that will help us determine where we fit in the impact investing spectrum. I'm glad you mentioned that because even with me having conversations about people with people about impact investing, before I can even say in the word investing, they've cut me short saying, no, 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 well, I'm not an impact investor. And I think that, um, you know, radio shows like this and just also having more um, communication out there as to what impact investing is may be able to change the, the mind frame that people have. Um, so hopefully, because I think there's a lot of philanthropists, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people in Nigeria as well that could consider impact investing as um, a part of their investment portfolio. But <clears throat> the words impact, they just automatically think that it means no return. Um, so I think we have to do a better job at communicating that to people so that they they can consider having that as part of, the, of their portfolio. We, at the outset of this uh, this program, uh, that is the, the Mission Related Investment Program, right. we we made a commitment to the market to to share. That's right. why I say we learn as we go and share as we learn. And we are going to make available eventually through our website, but we've we produced a brochure to talk about yes, what impact investing means for us, yeah. what are our categories, why did we select those categories, right. and we're working on a portfolio fact sheet that will show the private equity firms that we've invested in, and as time goes on, we will then have our returns that we will make completely transparent to the public. One of the challenge with private equity, um, it takes a while to show returns because there are investment, investments made private equity managers will work with companies, help them grow, and then they'll eventually sell the companies. And it's not until that exit is achieved that you can actually see what type of financial returns you generate. So it's going to take some time before we're able to share meaningful returns. But this is a long game. And one of our hopes is that we will uh, indicate to other uh, like-minded investors, these are the types of firms that the Ford Foundation believes are operating at our point in the impact investing spectrum. And that is, we believe we'll receive strong, so positive social returns, and we believe we'll achieve at least our hurdle rate. And oftentimes, we will be able to talk about, well, not oftentimes, whenever anyone asks, we can talk about what we expect those private equity firms to deliver. Because a part of our investment process, we have the discussion, how are you underwriting your investments? What are your target returns? And we'll hear the target returns. For example, in affordable housing, target returns might be anywhere from 8 to 11%. Now, um, from a risk-adjusted per- return perspective, we think that's a very strong return because we saw during the global financial crisis the very stable performance of affordable housing portfolios. And there are other fintechs um, funds that might be targeting 20, 25% return. Um, and also just, you know, you mentioned that the Ford Foundation has been 
you know, existed for a long time. Um, why embark on this journey after 80 years? One can say that the Ford Foundation is in a constant state of evolution, and that's based on the learning. And as time has gone on, for example, we created the program related investment vehicle because we just we, we, we finally figured out how to articulate a problem that we could solve through a, a through a new investment vehicle that didn't exist at the time. Right. So that was an early form of impact investing, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So one of the early investees was Grameen, for example, uh, the micro in the 1970s. We also uh, invested in the first REIT uh, and the first HMO, which was created by Harvard University. So those were through program-related investments. As time went on, as I mentioned earlier, um, there were many observers who began to feel that 5%, given the uh, massive number of problems that needed solutions, you started saying, okay, that 5%, that's great, but how can we expand? How can we extend our, uh, our ability to tap into our capital? And through that thought process, through that thinking evolution, the idea of creating mission-related investments was born, and the work was done, and that's how we got there. So that's, that's how things came along. Came along. Okay, so um, it was really interesting to speak to you about just impact investments, what the Ford Foundation is doing. Uh, but the reason why you're actually in Lagos is, well, part of the reason you're here in Lagos is for the event that's happening tomorrow, um, the Impact Investors Foundation convening. Um, so can you tell us what's, what you're looking forward to the most about um, the gathering that's happening tomorrow at Oriental Hotel? I'm very excited about the number of people um, who've signed up for this program, the, the growth um, from last year and the ability to network to meet because so much of this is about awareness raising right. and building networks and finding the partners it's always um i it's rare that you find a situation uh where knowing more people who have similar interests is a bad thing i always we see it as a good thing so being able to expand our network and um find more partners who are like-minded and can help us uh, continue to move with the momentum that's already in place to go forward. I just see that as tremendously exciting. We'll get a chance to learn from uh, some of the panelists and we'll learn from the informal discussions that we'll have during network period. So I I just think um, it's just tremendously exciting. It's a part of the awareness building that's necessary to help this field continue to grow. Well, thank you for that. And then also just lastly, um, if you could have a message for people who are interested in impact investing and just want to know a little bit more information. So what would be your message for a potential impact investor that's maybe listening to this right now? I think the important first step is to understand what it is that you want to accomplish. And once you figure out what you want to accomplish, then you figure out who do I talk with to figure out, it's a lot of figuring out, to to then figure out how do I um, make my thought a reality. So it starts from within, and I'm, I'm just looking at what the Ford Foundation did. The Ford Foundation, just like with program related investments, had a thought about how they'd like to solve a problem. 
Similarly, others have thoughts about how to solve the problems. You have to figure out, okay, what problem do I want to solve? And then you can get help addressing uh, and creating the solution. So if you start with where you are, you can reach out to others, including the Ford Foundation, uh, to help you figure out how to accomplish what it is you'd like to accomplish. Thank you so much for being on this show with us. Um, we've come to the end of our time, unfortunately, but it's been really interesting speaking to you about mission-related investments, the work that Ford Foundation is doing, not just in the global north, but also <clears throat> on the African continent and more specifically in Nigeria. Um, we hope to be able to speak to you again um, at a later time. But I think for now, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, and we hope that you enjoy your stay in, in Lagos. Thank, thank you so much for having me and look forward to many more dialogues. Impact Investing Today.